With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mackie and Judd right now. Yes. You know, the people are clamoring, clamoring for four hours of Tiger Woods play-by-play here, Judd. Dave? Uh, you guys no, with me no. on this? Uh, I haven't heard that clamoring whatsoever. No? You and, you and uh, Wingo, I think, are it. Buzzkill. Exciting stuff. We get things rolling with the opening bell. Want to ring the bell? Celtics have the rebound. Kyrie, right-hand dribble. A little slot drive. Teague is there. Kyrie oh, turns, fades, <laughs> money. Oh, hey. Kyrie, over. get in the house. Get in the house. 111 to 100. Final two minutes. Horford, hand off to Kyrie. Return to Horford. Attacks the paint. Two-hand slam, and this one is done. <laughs> Minnesota's scoring, but they cannot stop. <laughs> 113 to 100. Yeah, that's, that, that's very accurate. Welcome yes. to our world, yes. yeah. We have to understand how hard and physical you have to play. You know, I think that's the, the difference right now between us being a really good team and, you know, being a good team. It's just, you know, I look at them and the physicality of, in which they play, it's, it's the difference. You know, like we can score. We score plenty, but... You know, it's the it's defense. Until we get that figured out, it's going to be tough. So when he, when he says we, yeah, it, I feel like he should be what, saying I. What the people are clamoring for, Phil, and you know this because I saw this on Twitter last night more than once, what they're clamoring for is your annual daily game after A- Andrew Wiggins annual. Andrew Wiggins meltdown. Uh, there will be no such meltdown. I see ha- now Hal is tweeting into yep. the show here. We need a Wiggins meltdown. Yep. In fact, I saw, I'm looking forward to it tomorrow morning. I saw calls for a Philbot 3000 to be introduced <laughs> today to actually vent about Wiggy since uh, since he had another completely ineffective night last night. So yeah. what are we going to get from him? Uh, he grabbed six rebounds. I don't know what you want from the guy. The guy grabbed six. What was it? Six? Six? Was it five? It was like six rebounds um, last night. Yeah, the stat. I think he had thirteen points. Um, Complete non-factor. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna give you an Andrew Wiggins rant today because there's nothing. Nothing much to me. He's he's the same guy. Like until he's a different guy, then I don't think a daily Andrew Wiggins rant is is necessary. Oh, the people wanted it. What if we play the open? Yeah, the people want it. Wow. And yeah, now, you. as if he hasn't done it enough times already, Here. Phil Mackey reminds us why he absolutely cannot stand watching Andrew Wiggins. There you go. Uh, you're, you're trolling me. You've handed me a box score at this point. He was one of wait. He was one of eight from three points. <laughs> he <laughs> sure was. Go ahead. Oh, it was seven rebounds. Seven rebounds. Listen, you know what? Here's what I've asked of Andrew Wiggins: When you're not shooting well. 
recognize it, and go do other things. He's halfway there. He kept shooting, but he also did other things. He had 11 combined Ooh, rebounds and assists last night. That's more rebounds than made shots, right? A couple steals. He didn't turn the ball over a bunch of times, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it is. It's actually. It, it's yeah. He had six, six for twenty-one. He also, you know, when one of your teammates is having a career night and can't miss from downtown, maybe let that guy shoot more than you do. But anyways, I'm not gonna fall into your trap here. What I'd love to do though is address what Tom Thibodeau just said in that soundbite about we gotta play tougher and uh-huh. more physical and Pistons '80s and Bulls from 2011, right? Uh, you would think that, and I know Jimmy Butler's not playing right now, but with Tom Thibodeau DNA, Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson DNA, that this Wolves team would be a tough beat defensively. You would think, like, two years in, on paper, and you got some of your guys in here, and you've got physically gifted players in Towns and Wiggins, right, that this would be, if nothing else, a super tough beat defensively and in the fourth quarter. I think they're, I think they're one of the more fake tough teams in the NBA. It's it's a, like they so they go in last Friday night a week ago Utah we're gonna shove Ricky Rubio around and we're gonna talk tough on social media and talk tough after the game and we're gonna yell at officials and give up 110 points like they give up 110 points per game and can't get stops uh-huh. in the fourth quarter and so I've been thinking about this since going to bed last night why can't they figure it out defensively and in the fourth quarter and I get you're playing the Celtics one of the best coach teams in the NBA. Uh, you're, you're going to be facing the Rockets and the Warriors, and you're going to be facing these juggernaut teams. Uh-huh. So I don't expect you to shut those teams down and hold them to 95 points, but why can't you figure it out against anyone defensively? And I think it comes down to these. the answer lies in these three things, and all of them point back to Tom Thibodeau. A, so it's either A, Tom Thibodeau's defensive scheme just doesn't work in today's NBA, uh, that, that uh, his system that worked so well seven or eight years ago is a different NBA, Three-point shooting is through the roof. Spacing is different now, and roster construction is different. So, so A could be that his scheme is just antiquated already. The right? game's evolved, yeah. Uh, B, his mm-hmm. scheme is fine, but he can't effectively communicate it, and so you get disinterested Jeff Teague on defense. You get disinterested Andrew Wiggins, and and Towns looks lost at times on defense. So, mm-hmm. it's a communication problem. Would be option B. Mm-hmm. And option C would be he just doesn't the scheme is great and he can communicate it, but the players are just not the right players for his defense. Well, any of those three options fall back on him, right? Because he gets to choose the players. Yep. He is the communicator. Yep. And he is the crafter of the scheme. So it's it's one of those things. If you can't get a stop to save your life in the fourth quarter, it can't just be that like the players need to be blamed and I don't know, I hey, I teach them at practice and they can't do it, so it ain't my fault. It falls no, back keeps on talking somebody. About his quote there is he keeps talking about getting tougher, and he keeps talking about this isn't college. And I think part, part of this is, and th- this is interesting to watch, it's no surprise that this team is not nearly as good without Jimmy Butler playing. But what's interesting to watch now, and, and this, this is the indictment against Thibodeau and the entire team, the defensive complete lack of buy-in. Complete lack of buy-in. Butler long ago bought in. And Butler, I think Butler and Tibbs are are on the same side here. Yeah. But with Butler not playing, you can see there is zero buy-in here. The rest of that team has no interest. And, and I don't know if it's because they're not going to listen to Tibbs. I don't know if they don't like him. I don't know if they're simply not capable of playing defense like, like he wants, which seems like a stretch. But when Butler is off the floor, there is nobody who says, Butler's gone, now I'm going to pick it up and set an, an example, including Cat. 
Uh, the other thing that the Celtics showed, because Golden State's going to come here on Sunday. As you said, Houston, I think, is here next week at some point. And those teams are going to come in and rain threes. And the fact is, like it or not, the Wolves aren't that team. They're not that. They they aren't that team. They're, they're going to get beat in that case by two teams that can do something largely because of personnel that they are superior at. But where the Celtics were a good example is the Celtics are a really good team. But guess what? They have the, they have the one thing that the Wolves could have but don't have, buy-in. The Celtics, look at the Celtics. That's a great point. Look at their defense. Look at how the Celtics play. The Celtics also their coach isn't like bellowing for two sure, and a half hours. But they gave you. But but basically, if you if you were to take the game film of last night and show it to the Wolves and say, gentlemen, there is no reason why a lot of what they're doing, especially on the defensive side of the floor where they are brilliant, there is no reason why we can't do the same thing. That would be a correct assessment. The difference is this, though: at every turn, the Celtics have bought into what Brad Stevens wants. And Thibodeau's team has no interest in doing that. Here, here's the other piece of bad news. So this is the longest losing streak they've had all year. They haven't. They actually, until last night, they had not lost three straight games at any point during the season. One of three teams to not do that. Yeah, last they night. would yep. always come back and and get the thing back on the rails. So they are a game up in the loss column on both the nine and ten seeds, Utah, and I think it's still the Clippers in that nine spot. So they're only a game up. They've played more games, so they've got a few more wins than those teams, but they're only one game up in the loss column. Longest losing streak of the year, and here's the next five games. This is part of that eight-game stretch. Yes. Golden State. Now, Steph Curry's not going to play on Sunday, uh, and it is a home game for you, so there's a bit more of a chance, but still, like, Golden State, even without Durant yeah. or Curry, is so disciplined, and they play defense, and they shoot threes, and all these things. Yeah. Thank you. At Washington... I got that. I mean, that's that's probably the most winnable game in this stretch, but that's a road game. That's not an easy out. And then you go at San Antonio and home against Houston on a back to back with travel next weekend. Yeah, you might. And be- oh, by the way, like we call it an eight game stretch. You also get at cl- uh, home against the Clippers, and, yep. and that's a hungry, feisty team. Uh, at the Knicks, I've got an absolute. But then at Philadelphia, I've got an absolute Minnesota sports fear here too. I can see this. Clear as day coming. They're going to lose these games. They're going to get incredibly tight, right? They're going to go into this easier stretch, and guess what Tibbs and Butler are going to say? Jimmy, you're coming back, right? Yeah, Coach, I'm coming back early. Oh, my God. They're going to bring back Jimmy Butler early. He is going to do something catastrophic. In fact, here, here is the Minnesota sports scenario, the deluxe one. Kirk Cousins signs the contract and is sitting courtside at Target Center. <laughs> Jimmy Butler has come back far too soon, and is, the knee is gimpy. Does this involve crunch and a sled and stairs, Essentially, too? yes. Jimmy Butler hauls ass out of bounds as the knee gives, and he goes right into Kirk Cousins and breaks Cousins' leg. Two for one. That is a two for one of the Minnesota Sports Deluxe. And then crunch takes out both their fathers. <laughs> that, but yes. Yes. That's what's going to happen here. <laughs> that is us. Yeah. You know what? Could be worse. There would be, yeah, there would be more shocking things. Could be like a compound fracture that then impales Kirk Cousins. Okay. Broken leg, he can come back from it. All right. All right. Okay, then you're probably right. It will be a compound fracture. So how, how, with with that schedule coming up, and then when once that's over, you do get, you get, you know, it gets lighter home against Memphis, Atlanta, at Dallas. Uh, You get the Lakers and Memphis, and no, Denver's not a pushover, but like they're going to lose. They're probably going to lose eight games in a row, right? I think they're going to win one 
in the stretch that goes um, up until the next game. I think they'll probably they could win at San Antonio, right? But that puts you to they sleep. They can win if, that game, but if you don't, if but you I don't win a couple of these games. But here, here's the here's the problem. I think they're going to fall out of a playoff spot. I think they're going to get incredibly tight. And if Butler is still not back, I don't think that there's a guarantee that you won't start to lose some of those games that you should win. You'll just lose them by five points instead of fifteen. Yeah. I don't think this this is not it's without Butler playing it is remarkable to watch how li- little a lot of guys on this team truly care that much about what Tibbs w- wants them to do right or wrong they don't care. And last night was was against that team the evidence for what you need, right? Okay, what's what's the deficiency? Yes. Well, you could use some extra energy cuz your starters play so many minutes and you could just use you could use an extra energetic body off the bench. You could use some shooting and some defense. And they signed Derrick Rose. Yep. Yep. Instead. Yep. They signed Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose is going to come in, and Derrick Rose is good. And and you know what? Here's the other problem. They're going to lose this group of games. They're going to get tight, and Tibbs is going to become convinced if Butler can't play, I got to play Derrick. And so instead of spotting Rose, you know, if you I, – I decided this. If you brought Rose in, which – Okay, I don't agree with completely, but let's say you brought him in and you used him sparingly and you thought he was a good guy to have, but you know what's going to happen? They're going to go into Memphis and Tibbs is going to say, "Well, oh, Jimmy, I got to play. I'm going to play Derek." And now he's going to start to it's going to start to eat into Tyus's playing time, and now Derek's play, playing entirely too much. This has a really good chance to go completely uh, sideways within a month, what 3 is, weeks. What is Tom Thibodeau's obsession with ball-centric chuckers? So Jimmy Butler, now Teague and Butler are actually pretty good at it, percentage-wise. Like, they at least hit 45% of their shots, and they can make some long-range shots. But those guys are ball-centric chuckers. Mm -hmm. Andrew Wiggins is a ball-centric chucker. Mm -hmm. Jamal Crawford and Derrick Rose. I think it's what you said. Put them all on the the court at the same time and see what happens. I think he's got an old-school philosophy that that he's not going to adjust. I think that goes towards his his defensive philosophies, which probably are good but need to be updated, and he doesn't do it. Ball-centric chuckers, same thing. I think he's got a very specific philosophy to what he believes basketball should be. And in 1997, he's 100% right. You know what would fix this team down the stretch? A Glenn Taylor sit-down with Andrew Wiggins. (laughs) Get him back in a room together. (laughs) Ask him if he really wants it. Look at me, Andrew. Look at me. Are you passionate about basketball? Look at me. Do you really want? Tell me that you want that max contract. (laughs) Yeah, I do. Okay, thank you. Good talk. Now I'm on to my next business. Can I trust you with this max contract? Oh, absolutely, oh, Glenn. 100%. Absolutely, Glenn. There's no... Oh, yes, you can. Yeah. Yes, you can. Where's the pen, Glenn? <laughs> can I sign that max contract now? You have nothing to worry about. Where's the pen? Thanks. Um, okay. Let's <laughs> let's get into some... You you saw this story before the show. Yes. About uh, a free agent quarterback. Yes, I did. Let's just say the door might be open still. Mm-hmm. We'll just leave it at that, mm-hmm. and uh, and we'll get back to that. Plus, uh, there might be some twins reckless speculation to dive into before too long. And John Krasinski from The Athletic at 930 will join us to talk Timberwolves. And uh, I'm probably just going to sit here and watch Tiger Woods. I might pay for the PGA.com subscription so you guys can handle the rest of the show. No problem. Is that cool? I'm just mm-hmm. going to kick yeah, my feet. Yeah, no problem. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Ready or not. On 1500 ESPN. Oh, we have some amazing reckless speculation to get to here in just a second. But first, let's let's wrap up a couple Wolves things. We're going to get back into Wolves with Johnny K from The Athletic in like 10 or 15 minutes. Mark emails the show. Laugh out loud, he starts the email with. 
I thought you told me the Wolves were winning a playoff series. LMAO. <laughs> you know nothing about the NBA, bud. LOL. Tibbs is stuck in the 90s. FIO. I don't know what FIO what means. F- yeah, what does that mean? <laughs> not to look that up. But FIO. Not, yeah, no idea. Um, I, I, the funny thing is, like, we agree on Tom Thibodeau. He's definitely stuck in the 90s. But don't you think, Mark, that losing one of the top six or seven players in the NBA might factor in with your team's performance down the stretch here? If you knew about the NBA, you would have foreseen that, idiots. <laughs> exactly. I think, well, I... Again, we're, we got to get to this this story, but I think it's fair to say <laughs> no, Butler no. and Towns are the are the primary reasons why they they have thirty eight wins right now, and like the rest of the the system and the coaching and the teammates are all sort of interchangeable. It's not like uh, it, it's not like the Spurs where the sum is greater than the parts, or well, the yeah, Kansas City Royals. Yeah. That's how this feels. They're not even close to that. But thanks uh, for the email, Mark. To uh, not not to offend Patrick, but they're not even within a you know three miles of that culture. That's the thing. I mean that that's. I will say this. Congratulations to the Wolves because you are giving the Wild a run for, for their money as far as driving people crazy. Fio, figure it out. Oh. Oh, really? Okay. F- I've never seen that before. You, I never have either. Could you just type that next time, Mark? I didn't. Need that's it. a lot of shorthand. A lot yeah, of LOLs. I, I, Two I just LOLs type that and LMAO. Out. Yeah, that's a good point. Just type yeah. it out, right? And LMFAO. I don't think he put that one in there. Uh, this came across Pro Football Talk this morning from Mike Florio. Reckless speculation. With no regard for human life. Just going to leave this out here for Vikings fans. Free agency is what? What's the uh, it's the ninth today? So Monday. we're five days away from teams being able to sign, and three days away from teams being able to just openly talk about contracts with players and agents. That right? starts on Monday, right? The legal tampering period. Yes. The headline is on Drew Brees talks with the Saints. Is no news bad news? The Saints and Drew Brees may be inching toward threat level midnight. Reckless speculation. Nearly eight weeks since the team's season ended and five days from the start of free agency, the two sides have yet to negotiate a new contract. Far more ominously, there's no new news about talks or terms or progress being made. At last report, the two sides planned to meet and talk parameters last week in Indianapolis. Those discussions occurred amid statements of high confidence from Coach Sean Payton and GM Mickey Loomis that a deal would be done. But those discussions have led to no concrete signs that a deal is coming. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees remains a free agent. Reckless speculation. Actually, he won't become a free agent technically you until March fourteenth. You got to read the next graph, though. You here, take the baton. The latest twist comes from the reminder that because Brees has a contract that doesn't void until March fourteenth, which is Wednesday, he doesn't enjoy the same right that other looming free agents will have to negotiate via their agents with other teams during the two-day window, which is the tampering period, that opens on Monday. So basically, this is insinuating there might be some sort of a uh, a hurdle between Drew Brees and the Saints. Yes. And it- maybe he wants to kick the tires on talking to other teams or getting a market value on the 14th. Hmm. I wonder if there's a team in need of a quarterback ready to win a Super Bowl that could 
Sit down with Drew Brees and his agent for a couple minutes. And the Pro Football Talk item basically openly speculates that uh, that news of the March 14th date for the contract to expire is being thrown out by a very concerned Saints team on background, which is saying no one can talk to him. No one can talk to him. Which, of course, means if you're the Vikings, you've been talking to Drew Brees' agent probably for the last month and a half. We threw it out there a couple days ago as the number one guy, and, and this would include Kirk Cousins, that you should be tampering with. Drew Brees, 39 years old, correct? Looking for opportunity to win a Super Bowl? Now, the Saints are pretty good, but let's just say it's gone sideways a little bit. Let's just say the Saints are like, well, we really like you and we want to bring you back, but we certainly don't have as much cap room as some teams, the Vikings. And the Vikings come along and say, Drew, we once dealt with a guy, his name was Brett Favre for a couple of years. And year two was tough. We'll be honest about it. But year one was a glorious ride. Maybe you offer the Zolgad package. Drew, keep the family in New Orleans. In fact, you can go home after Sunday games. You can go home and see the wife and kids. Study film on your iPad. In yep. fact, we'll give you 10 of them. And on the tu- kids can all have iPads. And on Tuesdays, we'll Actually, all... Actually, be a Surface Pro because it's the NFL partnership. <laughs> we'll it's all... a Microsoft partnership. <laughs> we'll all Skype. Gotta be on brand. We'll Skype with you. We'll get the Skype out. You from your home in Louisiana, us up here at uh, Trio Orthopedic and Performance Center of Egan, where we get a lot of cash from Trio for this. We'll Skype with you, and we'll all come up with a game plan, and on Wednesday, you'll land back in the Twin Cities in the morning and practice, and it'll be a great ride. It's actually Twin Cities Orthopedics. It's not Trio. Oh, sorry. Let's get it right. Yeah, come on. So, sorry, guys. Sponsorships, come on. Sorry, guys, to meet a friend. Speculation. So Florio ends the article by saying this. <laughs> the simple fact that the news on Thursday, March 8th, was that Breeze can't formally negotiate with other teams until Wednesday, March 14th, and not that Breeze and the Saints have, have a deal in place, underscores the reality that the chances of Breeze leaving New Orleans, no matter how small they may have been, are now at least a little bit bigger. Don't you think it's a little odd, a little odd, that they've had two months to figure out a contract extension? Now, some people are speculating. I know we had uh, loyal listener Hugh speculated. He's just waiting to see. Maybe maybe he'll sign for $3 million less if it means that they can get uh, a player in free agency. So maybe he maybe it's all just, hey, I'm going to re-sign, but I want to... I want to give you guys a chance to add a piece to the puzzle offensively over here, go add a pass rusher over there, and then if you have to pay that guy an extra $3 million, then you know maybe I'll take a bit of a pay cut. But you know what? If he's a free agent on March 14th, you damn well better blow him up if you're the Vikings. Oh, yeah. You absolutely you should, have been should be for on the phone now. with him. Yes. Yes. And you should. Uh, all I know is that I believe it was probably a good three and a half months ago when, when we first started to discuss the free agent market for quarterbacks, and we both brought up Drew Brees' name. And during a break, because he was still in town, Patrick Royce, he opened the door and said, Breeze isn't coming. You guys are idiots. Breeze isn't coming here. And I said at that moment, I think he might. I think he might. Because Royce, when it comes to that stuff, is never right. Reckless speculation. Folks at at ESPN NFL Live, they know their stuff. They're in tune with the NFL. This was Wendy Nix introducing a segment literally the day after the Saints lost to the Vikings in the playoffs. Drew Brees has played his last game with the New Orleans Saints. Wow. I mean... Maybe it was overreaction Monday. I don't know. I can't say for sure, but I don't care because I took it out of context. Drew Brees has played his last game with the New Orleans Saints. And you guys, 
reckless speculation. Answer me this. Sean Payton joined ESPN a week ago yesterday live at the Combine. Obviously, he was asked about Drew Brees. Does this, does this sound like a guy who's confident his quarterback is coming back? I don't think about it much because I know it is going to get done. And I think Drew's, Drew feels the same way. And I think it'll be done sooner than later. And then it'll be one less item for everyone to talk about. But nonetheless, I don't think there is any, anything that has slowed it down. Or there, there's not one reason why it hasn't gotten done other than Probably Mickey and Tom have, have done other things, and, and I'm sure we'll meet here. You're <laughs> just too busy to sign their quarterback. So They've got for, so many irons in the fire. For two months. Just this guy who's going to first ballot Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. If somebody right now, all right, you, you're very happy on the Mackie and Judd show, let's say, hypothetically, okay? <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> the ratings are awesome. <laughs> hypothetically. But your contract, Marconi's coming in. Your contract's coming up. And uh, you know you're, I'm, I'm planning on coming back. Okay, love love me some uh, some Mackie and Judd, but all of a sudden now you look at your watch, you look at the calendar, and for whatever reason you haven't actually put pen to paper yet. But in like four days, five days, you can sit down and listen to other entities pitch you and offer you money. Once you take that opportunity, Drew Brees, once you take the opportunity to go in the back room at Manny's and order a ninety dollar piece of meat. And let Rick Spielman just rub baby oil all over your shoulders. <laughs> like, wouldn't you take that opportunity? So you're so you're telling me that WFAN is calling. You're gonna listen. The, sco- right? the score in Chicago, they're calling. <laughs> uh, I was thinking more like KRWC in Buffalo, Minnesota. WEEI in Boston, they're on the phone. Yeah, you can shoot for the moon. Sure, go music, go Judd. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Could be on the morning show. Is that what you're saying? Uh, gentlemen, the, the other quarterback that the Vikings uh, should be tampering with here is Kirk Cousins. And we got an email early this morning from a rap duo. I'm going to read this email. This is from Rusty Bucks and Young Q. Y-U-N-G-Q. We have released a hip-hop track today in hopes of assisting Kirk Cousins with his free agency decision. Essentially, it's our plea to the future quarterback that will lead us to victory in Super Bowl 53 and bring the Lombardi to the Twin Cities. Should we take a listen to this? Have you guys already listened to this? It's glorious. I did listen is as it? I put it into the system, yes. Okay. All right, this is uh, this is Rusty Bucks and Young Q <laughs> and John Krasinski to follow from The Athletic. I don't know how he's going to follow, but he's going to have to try. Dear Kirk Cousins, how are you today? We've got some other pleasantries that we'd also like to say. Because we're Minnesota nice and respectful of your time. All we ask is please take a snap from this ride. Shouting out to you, eight. It's us, the Vikings fans. And we want to be a part of your free agency plans. We know your current gig in D.C. was pretty great. But sign with Minnesota and, and you'll play, play in a state. state. Now New York and Colorado are states, no lie. But the Jets playing suck and the Broncos are high. Now the Vikings were contenders without that filth. From the players to the ownership. Hashtag Wilf. We're respectful of your time. We are Minnesota nice. We'll even let you shout about what Minnesotans like. We're talking late. We got 10K, we're talking good schools Our kids attended one today, we're talking touchdowns Yeah, but we love them by the dozens Come to Minnesota, Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins from Michigan State University Kirk, 
We didn't pull you close to throw some shade. We're preaching positive. Come to Mini and get paid. We love Case, Sam, and Teddy, too. But with you under center, imagine what we could do. Week one, play one. Chuck it deep to Stefan. Chuck it deep to Adam Thielen. Chuck it deep to Laquan. Chuck it deep to Kyle Rudolph and to Jay Wright, too. Then Mike Zimmer drops back and chuck it deep to you. You can chuck that peach command to any of them. Even Kai for... Forbes? No, for the win. Chuck it deep to Dalvin Cook. The crowd gets on its feet because Kirk chucks pigskin like Linval eats. But we're respectful of your time. We are Minnesota nice. So we'll even let you shout about what Minnesotans like. We're talking late. You like that? We got 10K. We're talking good You schools. like that? Our kids attended one today. We're talking touchdowns. You like that? Yeah, we like them by the dozens. Come, Come to Minnesota, Kirk Cousins. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I am a fan. I can look at them all day long and die laughing. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Celtics have the rebound. Kyrie, right-hand dribble. A little slot drive. Teague is there. Kyrie turns, fades, money. Kyrie, oh. <laughs> get in the house. Get in the house. You know, you got to play for 48 minutes against these guys. They're, uh, you know, they're a tough team. Uh, I thought our fouling hurt us. The rebounding, you know, we ended up winning the rebounding, but uh, their second shots hurt us. All right, Johnny K. John Krasinski from The Athletic. Are they going to lose eight <laughs> games in a row? Uh, it's a it's a good question. I mean, I think it could get to seven, certainly. I mean, you look yeah. at, if you want to say winnable games in this stretch, they're both on the road at Washington, at San Antonio, and, you know, it, it depends on Kawhi's status and all of that stuff for San Antonio, how you look at that one, but um, they always play a, a lot worse on the road as well. And so, uh, yeah, you got Golden State, uh, you got Houston after that. I mean, it, uh, it it could get a little dicey here if they don't uh, if they don't get one, one of those at Washington or at San Antonio. Either way, it's going to be dicey, but if that thing stretches to six, seven, eight games in a row – you could see some people tightening up around here. Uh, Johnny, we saw uh, an ultimate buy-in team last night in Boston. I mean, they're, they're very good, they're very deep, but they also have, especially defensively, they have completely bought in. Uh, the Wolves-Sands-Butler looked to me like a team that, that not only is not bought in, but is not really interested in doing so. As a guy who is around that team as much as you are, what is your theory? Because... It seems like Butler and Tibbs are very much in lockstep and on the same page when, when it comes to defensive philosophy and how this team should play. With Butler out now, though, n- not only does nobody pick up the mantle, it appears there's a level of disinterest. Why do you think that this team is so far uh, from from buying into what uh, Tom wants them to do? Yeah, it's, it's a great question, Judd, because you look at it, and I thought you know, last night was a really good kind of look-in-the-mirror moment because – the Celtics, guess what? They lost maybe their best player, second best player, the first game of the season. They haven't had them all year. And, and yet they keep humming right along. And, you know, Kyrie Irving was not a good defensive player in Cleveland. He is, he has been much better in Boston. There is a system in place and a means of delivering that system that the players have accept. And so far defensively, the players have not done that here, and it, it, this is even this isn't even just a well they're missing Jimmy Butler issue. The the defense was getting worse, guys, even when Butler was on the floor. The last 15 games before the All Star break, they were 29th in the league in defensive rating. So 
um, you have not seen the consistent buy-in. And I, I do think that Jimmy and Taj Gibson uh, know how to execute Tibbs' system and do it and do what they're told and are responsible and and kind of adhere to the schemes and, and what they're being asked to do. And I think on a nightly basis, most other players on the team um, are kind of go in and out of that. And that's a problem. I mean, that's that's a serious issue in terms of you know, why can't you get through to them and why is this not clicking? And uh, part of that is on the players. They have to take this seriously and they have to be able to understand the importance of playing defense and how that contributes to winning. And then it's also on the coaching staff to be able to reach them and, and deliver the message so they will do that. And so this thing is kind of goes both ways here, and, and right now both sides are failing. Johnny, I think I think it's one of three things. I think you hit on one of them for sure. Either either they can't figure out defense because Tom Thibodeau just has an antiquated scheme that worked seven years ago and it just doesn't work in today's NBA. That's option one. Option two is it can work, but he can't communicate it effectively in a way that resonates with everybody on the roster, Wiggins, Jeff Teague. Or option C, he doesn't have the right players to implement the defensive scheme that he wants, and all three of those things fall back on him. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, yeah, and, and you look at it. I, I don't think the system is antiquated because, I mean, there was a stretch. There was a 15-game stretch in December into January where they were top five defensively. And, yeah, that's a small sample size, but they have shown the capability of doing it for a short stretch of time. And when they do everything the way that Tibbs wants it, uh, it can work. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm not ready to say that you know, he's a dinosaur and this is, this is not working that way. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think there are roster issues. I mean, Jeff Teague is not a good defender. Uh, Jamal Crawford is not a good defender. Um, you know, I think Belly has his limitations when he's playing small forward. Uh, Towns goes in and out. He's, I think, in general an all-right defender, but not elite. Uh, Wiggins has had his struggles. And, and so there are a lot of roster limitations there, but you're right. He, he's the president of basketball operations. He decided to sign Jamal Crawford. Um, you know, he decided to kind of uh, address his, his, his depth areas in, in different ways, and, and that does fall on him. And, and it does fall on him a little bit to – uh, to relay the message and to make sure everyone's bought in. I think, I think it's safe to say that most of the bench players have been disenchanted by their lack of playing time this year, and so maybe that affects things as well. Now, and again, we, we, we can get into chicken or the egg. Are they, are they not playing because they have been playing poorly, or are they playing poorly because they haven't been playing enough to get in a rhythm? And um, I think, again, both of those things are true in, in, in different cases. But, yeah, all of it is – All this is a long way of saying that they do have problems and the head coach has to take some ownership of it and the players have to take some ownership of it and they got to figure it out or else the ceiling is incredibly low for this team. Uh, besides being a, a safety net and, and basically a security blanket, Johnny K, uh, what does Derek Rose provide this team? Well, I mean, he certainly provides somebody who is experienced in Tibbs' system, who trusts Tom Thibodeau, uh, who will come in and listen to him and, and, and execute whatever Tibbs 
says he wants to. Um, he's a he when he's healthy, he's a dynamic scorer, and I think that when you look at this group right now and the way that they are not defending and haven't defended all year, maybe you do need to just get into a windshield wiper match every time with, with teams and try and outscore them. And if that's the case, he can he can help you with that. He can get up and down the court. He can attack the basket. He can uh, he can get to the free throw line. Uh, he can score. He can't shoot threes. Uh, he doesn't defend all that much, but he is a veteran who who they can add, who, who who gives them somebody else to kind of go to who's been in big spots down the stretch. Now, the, the I mean, the question is, can they count on him to stay healthy, and then can they count on him to stay engaged? He has left both of his teams, the last two teams, New York and Cleveland, abruptly, out of nowhere, and just vacated for a little while. I think that he is more bought in with Tibbs. I think he's more comfortable with Taj Gibson and Jamal Crawford and, and some of these guys that he'll probably stay locked in for the last month of the season. But those are the questions that, that you have. But he does, if he is good, I think he was their best alternative for a high-ceiling player who was out there and available. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, the way you just put it, he just kind of decided he he was bored with it or had, I don't know if he if he has... Maybe it's a more serious thing, and there's mental health issues that he just doesn't talk as openly about. But either either way, it's a uh, it's volatile. Hey, tell us the story about G- so J- Jimmy Butler hops back on Twitter last Friday night. I yeah. was watching the game with my dad down in Phoenix, and uh, I'm following along on Twitter, and all of a sudden, Jimmy Butler's got a few things to say. But it was from a Wolves viewing party downtown Minneapolis, Johnny. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, I, I I was watching at home as well, and I just saw one or two tweets come through that, hey, Jimmy Butler is just showed up. And so the Timberwolves do these watch parties all over uh, the metro area for, for home games and away games, a lot more for away games that are more well-attended. And, and it was Friday night, the last call downtown, and um, uh, uh, about you know, the game starts at, I think, 9, 9.30, and 10, 15 minutes before the game starts, there's a little crowd of Wolves fans there, and in walks Jimmy Butler with two of his buddies, just to just to kick back and watch the game, and he kept kind of a low profile while he was there, but uh, but the fans kind of totally got jazzed up by sitting ten feet away from Jimmy Butler watching the game, and of course then there's the Jeff Teague leveling Ricky Rubio foul, and 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 Butler gets on Twitter for the first time in two years, and and uh, and and starts kind of tweeting a little smack talk, so. Pretty original and pretty cool thing for Butler to do. You can read all about it at at the Athletic. I wrote a kind of an oral history on it. That's that's fun to get you know the perspective of people who were there and and kind of observed you know, an all star watching his team who is, who is trying to win a game without him. Last thing, sir. When it comes to Andrew Wiggins, uh, we've now gotten to a point where where I mean I watched him last night and the level of how can I put this the level of disengagement at times, is off the charts. Uh, how concerned does this team need, need to be about the fact that they signed a guy to a five-year max contract that doesn't kick in until July? And there's been some concern before, but I don't think I've ever felt this way about him. I watch him now, and I say potentially, personality-wise, the way he plays the game, this could be a complete bust unless either somebody gets to him or he decides for himself to, uh, to uh, become a little bit more engaged on the court. Yeah, I mean, they do need more from him. Uh, there's no question about it. There's too many of the games like were last night where 13 points on 6-for-21 shooting um, and just 
especially in these games against really good teams. And without Jimmy Butler, you need your young player, your young stars to play like stars. And he hasn't given that enough this season. Now, he had seven rebounds last night. He uh, had a couple of really nice passes out of the post that I thought, you know, you show that he's trying to do other things when his shot isn't falling. So that's a, a nice little step in the right direction. But, but in those games, you need Wiggins to score 30, to attack, to uh, force the issue on the other team. And too often, he doesn't. Now, Boston is a really big physical team. And I think that they bullied him, and they kind of got him out of his comfort zone, and and so he settled for threes. He was one for eight from three, and uh, and he just didn't do enough to overwhelm the competition, which is what he is capable of doing with his athleticism. And yes, he, he has all of that and more that you need. They just need some kind of a pulse some nights here. Now he's been good on other nights. But not nearly consistent enough yet, especially when you're, you're, he's going to start that huge contract next year. When that when that thing kicks in, the heat is going to turn up on him exponentially. Just ask Joe Maurer. So um, you know, they, they have issues there that they have to address and somehow figure out a way to tap into something there and, and get more out of him on a nightly basis. All right, one more quick thing off Wiggins here since we're on the subject and I can't resist. So he shoots he shoots around 34% from beyond 16 feet, which is not good. It's not that's not a good enough percentage to where you should be, you know, taking that shot on a regular basis and he shoots 50% of his shots from 16 feet and beyond. I'm not a basketball scout. I'm not an X's and O's guy. I don't study film on a regular basis. But that seems to be a glaring issue, just shot selection. So where's the disconnect? Why? I mean, do the Wolves have – I mean, they're clearly tracking that information, so why does he keep gunning from eight times from three-point range last night? Yeah, I mean, part of it is, Phil, that the de- that's what the defense is giving him because you know, they know that he can't shoot or that he's mercurial that way, and so they back off of him because they know that where, they, where he can really hurt them is in the post and getting to the rim. And so they, they try to bait him into taking those shots, and he has also has been a little more hesitant to go into the paint and attack this year, where in the first three years of his career, he was great at initiating contact, getting to the free throw line, getting points that way. This year, he, he's not shooting free throws well at all either, and so I think that's made him more tentative going to the basket and trying to uh, you know, initiate fouls and, 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 and force the action that way so um part of it is i think the defense just is asking him and begging him to shoot that and he's obliging and part of that is he's also a little hesitant going to the basket just because for whatever reason he's in a funk at the free throw line and both of those issues need to be solved because he does if he wants to be a max level player he's got to start making three pointers at a 37 percent clip and 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 i mean that's to just to be a new age player like that you have to be able to do that in this game, and he just hasn't he hasn't done that yet. And so I think I'm of the mind that he has to keep shooting, and he has to eventually do that. But but he's got to improve by leaps and bounds in that area to become a threat there, and 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 to force defenses to respect that 
and to give him a little more advantage going to the basket. I love the guy. I think you guys are too negative, but that's just me. Oh, John Krasinski from The Athletic. Night, go uh, go subscribe and check out his in-depth story about Jimmy Butler and uh, the, the viewing party and the tweet storm on Friday. We'll see you soon, Johnny. See you, Krasinski. All right, thanks, boys. All right, that's good stuff. We ran a little long there, so let's come back. We're going to write that down. Predictions coming up in about 10 or 12 minutes from now. And uh, game show Friday, too. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. You know what time it is? Mackie and Judd are back. Stand to your duties. On 1500 ESPN. The brand new 1500 ESPN app is here. Stream live shows, download podcasts, read the latest Sportswire articles, and more. Do it all in one place. And if you need more reasons to download it, we've got those for you. You can win some cool stuff. We're spending the next month giving away a $50 Red Cow Red Rabbit gift card every day and a 55-inch TCL Roku TV every week. But you have to have the app to access the contest entry form. Download the new 1500 ESPN app in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store now. I'm still here. You know what I mean? That, that shows everybody about my character and all that. I'm still here playing. I'm still, I still love the game. And like I said, I can sit here and tell you that all this by expressing it with words. But I want to do it with action by me going out there and playing the way that I want to play and playing the way that's going to help this team win. He's real, he's truthful, and that's what I can respect. In this business, you sometimes it can get shaky with that. So as a man, I respect him because he's truthful. Derek Rose, speaking words. <sighs> the uh, Back to uh, your, your guy for a second, Wiggy. The level of um, passiveness again last night, though, at times. And, 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 I don't know why you always have and to rip John, him. It's and, getting a little old and, and tired, Judd. And Johnny's right. Johnny's right in this sense. The Celtics are a big, potentially, I guess, intimidating, and they're a very deep team, and they are committed to beating you up if necessary. Uh, but if you watched the game last night, there were several times where Andrew had a very favorable matchup, and all he had to do was go to the rim, and at almost every turn, he didn't. And So he was not being guarded by a, big, a bigger guy. In fact, he was the bigger guy on several occasions, and all he had to do was turn and drive to the rim, and he was either going to score, he was either going to get fouled, or he was going to get both. Yeah. And he didn't do it. Yeah. It's got to drive him crazy. Well, I mean, I brought you the numbers don't lie with with Andrew Wiggins. He takes this is the this is the beauty of 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 being a fan in the modern era. You can kind of mm-hmm. it's not all about the eye test. You don't have to just like say, Oh, I think this happens. You can actually go and look and see. Well, how many shots does he take? He doesn't look like a very good shooter from those ranges. Like, why does he keep taking those shots? So this season, he shoots 33% from three-point range. I think most most analysts and most scouts would tell you, you got, like Johnny just said, you got to be at like 37 or 38% from downtown to make that an efficient shot. Just like stealing a base, there's kind of a break-even point where it's just not efficient to keep shooting that shot anymore. In Major League Baseball, most teams are looking for... Minimum 75% success rate on your stolen bases, more like 80%. And if you can get to 80% success rate, green light anytime you need to. And you're fine. Yes. And Byron Buxton's like 90, 95% success rate. Right. If you're only if you're only stealing like 60% successfully, then you're actually costing your team in the long run. And so for Wiggins on those shots, he's costing his team by taking three point shots until he gets better at them. And 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 now he's He's gone through stretches where, like last year, he shot 36% from three. That's a little closer. It's more borderline. But he shoots 34% from 16 feet and beyond. So that's a shot that until he gets better at it, you should you should avoid it. Not that you can't ever take that shot. If you're wide open, 
That percentage goes up. I get it. You shouldn't just ignore that shot. Mm-hmm. But you should be looking to grind your way to the rim, use that spin move, right. get to the free throw line, although he's not a very good free throw shooter either. And why hasn't somebody on the staff, and if they have, it's either it's either not getting through to him, just because a defense sets you up to shoot a 20-footer doesn't mean that you should take it. Get, find another way to either get get the ball to the but, rim or get the ball to somebody else. But to, to the second part of your point is, why is he not doing what we know he can do well? If he goes to the rim, he's pretty good. And, and that is nothing more than being assertive. I mean, that's not a that's not a great skill as far we we know he can do that. And yet, last night was a prime example of he doesn't want to. And my question is, why don't you want to? Here's more fun with stats to what you just said, just to prove your exact point. In 2015-16, so his second year in the league, two seasons ago, one third of his shots came from point blank range, where he'd get to he'd get to the layup range or the dunk range or right in there within three feet one third of his shot attempts came from that range which is good like go get there you and get fouled i think we talked about he's that a good finisher yes that number has gone from 33 percent to 22 percent this year he's so as he progresses in the league and as it's it's very obvious what he's good at and what he's not good at teams recognize that too and so teams have adjusted defensively, and they are pushing him out from those comfort spots mm-hmm. and making him shoot from. It, so it's like a, it's a lazy response to good defense. All right, I guess I'll just take right, the shot. Right, because he doesn't respond. Then lack of saying, no, I'm, st- I'm still going to do it. Exactly. Write that down, predictions. When we come back here, and it's a game show Friday, so at some point we're going to play some game show music, which means you should have the number by you six five one six four six eight two five five from the TCL broadcast studios.